Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord. And that's almost like God swearing. God is saying, as sure as I am alive, mark these words. What I'm getting ready to say is going to happen. So God's being emphatic with them. He says, as I live. He didn't have to say that. He could have just said what he was going to say. It would have been good. But God's making a point. Hey, as I live, tell them this. Says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I would do to you. That's a scary thing. God says, you know what? I'm going to give you guys what you asked for. You need to be very careful with your complaining. God can handle any complaint you throw at him. But as Pastor Bill points out in today's message, when the Israelites complained to God, despite everything he had done in liberating them from Egypt, God allowed them to wander and die in the wilderness. That's not what he wanted. He had already secured the promised land for them. But they trusted in their own reason and feared the Canaanites more than they trusted in their deliverer. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 14 for today's edition, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Chapter 14, look at verse 26 with me. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complains against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. And I want you to notice how God takes it personal. Everything is against him. Their complaining is not just in the wind. God said they're complaining against me, against my plan. And something we want to be careful about is complaining against the circumstances that God has us in. Because sometimes God puts his kids in challenging circumstances And if you complain against those circumstances, you're complaining against the God that has allowed them. Not believing that all things are working together for good according to those, you know, according to his promise, that all things are working together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his promises. That either we believe that, God, you're in charge and this is not exactly what I wanted, but I believe that you're sovereign, you're in charge, and I'll just wait to see how this is going to work out. Otherwise, we complain against the Lord. So keep that in mind. All complain. When God's kids complain, if you're complaining against your job, I hate this job. Probably one day you were praying for that job, that the Lord would give you that job. That he would open up a door and then you get it and then you complain against it. Some people complain against their husbands and wives. One day you wanted them. One day, some, at some point you wanted them. You went down the aisle and all that. So at some point you wanted them. Now you got them and you're complaining against them. He, she, you fill in the blank, whatever it is. Some people complain against their kids. One day you wanted them. Now, you know, you complain against. We have so many things that God is allowing and doing and we can complain against it. Um, Note that, that this is the language that God speaks with. He takes it personal. They're complaining against me. We don't want to do that. Amen. We don't want to complain against the Lord. We want to just we need to accept what God allows in our lives, especially when things are difficult. So, again, God said all this complaining is against me. And look at verse 28. Say to them, God's instructing Moses what to do. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord. And that's almost like God swearing. God is saying, as sure as I am alive, mark these words. What I'm getting ready to say is going to happen. So God's being emphatic with them. He says, as I live, he didn't have to say that. He could have just said what he was going to say. It would have been good. 
But God's making a point. Hey, as I live, tell them this, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I would do to you. That's a scary thing. God says, you know what? I'm going to give you guys what you asked for. We're going to see it in a few more verses down. But back in back in chapter the last last week study back in verse two, the last part of verse two, they said, wouldn't we just we should have just died in the wilderness. And God just told him, you know what? That's what you're going to get. Exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get what you asked for. And we've all heard it said, be careful what you ask for. And, and I would read this scripture here and say they should have been careful what they asked for. And they're complaining. They complain. They, you know, we should have just died in the wilderness. We should have just God said, OK, that's that's exactly what you it, it, your words. Exactly. I'm going to give you what you wanted. And so verse twenty nine. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore to make you dwell in. A couple things here. So God says, you know what, exactly what you said you wanted. You want to die in the wilderness. That's what's going to happen. The whole group. But I thought this was interesting, though. God says the carcasses of everyone that complained against me is going to fall in the wilderness. All you who are numbered and he gives an age. Right. He says all of you who are numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. So if you were 20 and over and you were part of the complaint, if you were 20 and over, you're going to die in the wilderness. You will not enter the promised land. So that means that everybody 19 and under is going to get to they'll get to live long enough to see everyone else die off. And they'll get to be the group that goes in. So why do I bring that up? Um, I was reading that and we, you know, we know the, there's an age of accountability and nobody really knows what that age is. At what age is at what age does a person go from being a child, not really culpable, not really able to make a decision for or against the Lord? And at what age, at what point do, do they come into a place where they're now accountable for their decisions and would be held accountable should they die and meet the Lord? We really don't know. And it, and it may be different for different people because, you know, we come along at different times. But I just thought it was interesting here. God said, you know, everyone 20 and above, done. You're going to die in the wilderness. 20 and under, I mean, 19 and under, you get a second shot. Don't do what mom did. Don't do what dad did. You're going to get a chance. And it's interesting because the thing that they had complained against God, they said, one of their things that they put forth why they didn't want to go, they were saying, our kids are going to die. As though they were more concerned for their kids than God was. And God says, now your, kid, your kids are going to get a chance to go, but you won't. And I would just say this to all the parents, that some parents can use their kids as an excuse. Not, that's what they did. They, they, they offered their kids up as an excuse why they wouldn't obey God. God, you're gonna, we're gonna, our kids will die there. We'll perish there. Look at our, our children. Well, I gotta do this for my kids, Lord. And so many times there are things that God wants us to do, things that God has, has spoken to us, challenge us, and it's like, well, but, 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 but my kids, like he don't love them more than you do. Like his plans for you didn't include them when he gave them to you. When God tells me to do something, I have to believe that everybody attached to me was a part of the plan. It's not like God tells me to do something and didn't consider that I have a wife or that I have kids. He considers everybody in the in the program. So but they made that complaint here. And so interesting that that those 20 and over won't go. 
everyone under that age is going to get a chance to stay back. And so we'll talk about that more later. They'll be in the new land. They're going to be a new group um, and they're going to see things differently. And so so those 20, 20 years old and above. And in verse 30, it says, except for Caleb and, and Joshua. And so we remember J- Joshua and Caleb are the two of the 12 spies that didn't go along with the crowd. They were the two that came back and said, so what? The land is exactly what God said. The fruit is humongous. The land is awesome. It truly flows with milk and honey. They said, let's go get our, let's go get it. The people there, the giants, those are our bread. They were ready to rock. They were ready to go, but they were the minority of the group and they didn't get to go. God distinguishes them. He sets them apart. And I just thought this was cool too, right? Among the group of people, they were despised and thought very little of and if you remember God had to intervene because what were they going to do to Joshua and Caleb for speaking up they were going to stone them right they weren't thought very much of in their group of peers and as they stood up for the Lord among their peers their peers were about to stone them and God had to show up and intervene and so as this these guys here were little respected and thought of very little by people I just want you to note that God thought very much of them that they were they were they were they were despised in the eyes of man but they were not despised in the eyes of God and sometimes that's the choice that we have to make do I want to be right in the sight of God or do I want to be right in the sight of people do I want people to be okay with me or do I want God to be pleased with what I'm doing Joshua and Caleb opted to to please the Lord and in doing so yeah they were at odds with all the people even to the point where people wanted to stone them. God didn't let it happen. But I just think it's really cool here that God says, but these two guys right here, I mean, these guys are special to me because they trust me. They believe me. And the cool thing is that even though Joshua and Caleb didn't get to go in here, they're going to get to go in. Joshua is going to get to lead the way. He's going to get to be the one to lead them into the promised land. Um, Also interesting to note that Aaron and Moses, for different reasons, don't get to go in. So Moses and Aaron won't be going. The congregation won't be going. Those 20 and older, Joshua and Caleb and those 19 and under are going to get the chance to go into the promised land. And so why is this written? Why is this here for us? I really believe that, again, as we talked about it last week, the comparison to the promised land for us, it's not heaven, but it's the spirit filled, abundant Christian life that God has for us. And as we read here, a group that missed out and we see people that got it, I believe that God wants to minister to us that we don't want to be the people that are missing out. We want to be the people that get it. Because just like they miss out here, and we're going to see that they end up at the end of this chapter at a point where they change their mind, okay, now we want to go, and it's going to be too late. They, they, they absolutely missed out. There are people in this life that have absolutely missed out on what God would have done. That God's out, God had a plan. There's things that God would have done. There's More that God would have done, but they just never let him have his way. They never entered fully in. They never fully surrendered themselves. They never said, God, just have all of me and let God have his way. And so we want to be careful, right? We only have so long to live this life, you guys. Our our time on earth, James says your life is but a vapor. You know, it's like the strike of a match and it goes, it flames up and it goes down, it's gone. Here today, gone tomorrow. It's so fast. It's going to depart. Our lives are going to leave us so quickly. And we only have this little space here to to become and to do and to be what God desires. 
We want to all be careful to enter into everything God intended. Whatever God intended for each one of us to be and to do, we want to get there. We want to get to that place. I, I love the end of Tim, 2 Timothy where Paul, at the end of his life, is able to say, you know what, I've, I've finished my race. The things that God gave me to do, I've completed them all. I'm ready to go to heaven. I, I want to die like that. I want to die and, 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 and believe in my heart that, man, the, the mission that I was given, I completed it. I'm done. Time for heaven. Um, I don't want to be on a gurney somewhere sitting there saying, man, I wish I had a really sold out. I wish I had done those other projects. I wish I had really pursued these things that God had put in my heart at some other time. Because know that there are people that die every day when it's too late. They don't, you don't get to go back and be the man or woman God wanted you to be. But right now, everybody living and breathing, you can right now be the man or the woman that God wants you to be right now. And so I can't go back and be the God, the man God wanted me to be last year. I either did it or I didn't. It's done. It's gone. But I have right now. I have today. I'm living and I'm breathing right now. There's for me today, the opportunity, the option is in, in front of me and in front of you to be all that God wants us to be right now. And so that's the wonderful thing for us. We read a story like this and look at people that miss it. It shouldn't bum us out. It should stir us up to not become like them. It should stir us up to not to not become another not to become a group that that misses out as as they did here so moving on now it says again except for Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun and I I noted this when I was reading this earlier um I was thinking of now this is kind of a side note maybe this is my little weird quirky stuff but it's it names their dads and, and always the scripture would name these people's dads and I was thinking of this that there are a lot of people mentioned that their dads are mentioned. Their dads never did anything of renown. Their dads are only known through the kids. So I was thinking of David. What, what, what else do I know about Jesse other than that was David's dad? That, his name, every time it's brought up, what's significant about it is that that was where David came through. And we know he's in the bloodline, but I was looking at him and I was looking at the, the parents of Solomon. And, and I'm looking at these guys here, Joshua, the son of Nun. What else do we know about Nun? What else do we know about these guys? And I just thought that was interesting that these guys' kids lived up in such a way that not only them, but you know, their, their parents are, are listed there um, because, of, because of how they lived. And I, I, I would just say this, you know, as I was looking at over and thinking, is there anything you know, to that? I know that God lists the names to kind of follow a, a train up, to find a follow a bloodline and follow people back. But I, I would guess anybody here that's got godly kids Anybody here that's got a son or daughter that's going forward in the Lord, it's a blessing. It's a sweet thing. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a notable thing to have a son or daughter that's running forward in the things of the Lord. And so some of us are those kids. Some of you have those kids or are going to make those kids or whatever. Just this is an interesting thought for me. You know, like, wow, these, these, these dads are mentioned everywhere the son's names come up. Because their sons were great. Because their sons trusted God in a great way. So moving on. It says, but your little ones whom you said would be victims. This is verse 31. I will bring, I will bring in and they shall know the land which you have despised. And so God says, look, your little ones that you were all worried about, you were all concerned about whether they were going to live or die. God said, I got them. They're going to they're going to get to go in. They're going to they're going to know the land. And, and notice what it says, the land that you have despised. Now, as you read the story, they never said they despised the land. They just were afraid to go in. God says you despised it. 
right? The land I told you to go get, the land I sent you into, and, and you saw how great it was. You know why they despised it? Because they were enemies. Because there was going to be a battle. There was going to be a fight. And I want to say this to us because there are some people that get ill prepared for the Christian experience, the Christian life. Um, they come to Christ and they were never prepared for the fact that they're going to enter into a spiritual war, spiritual battle. Anybody here that's walking with God, you have experienced spiritual war and battle. And some some of us a lot. Some of us, you know, periodically I was talking to someone just before I came up here and, and, and Satan hits you, you know, right at kind of critical moments and critical times. He's, I mean, he wouldn't be the devil, y'all, if he didn't do that. The devil is the devil. You know, he attacks. He, he comes against. And it's, it's particularly when you really get going for the Lord. And there have been people that were like, my life was great until I start serving God. And then all this stuff fell out of the water. I've, have, I've heard people say that. And you know why? It's because, I mean, that's what Satan wants. He's like, I'm going I'm to come at you so tough to make, because some people will, will finally conceit and say, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm not going to serve right now. I can't take it. It's too much pressure. And you stop serving. You stop going for it. And it's like, why everything stop? It's so peaceful right now. My kids acting better. Your husband or wife, they just, every, everything's better. You drop, you know, I mean, just everything looked like it's, it's, it's going better. But it's only because now you're, you're no threat. Now you're doing nothing. Now your life is wasting away. God had sent them into the land and said, I'm giving you a great land. They got there and saw that we're going to have to fight, though. But the thing with the spiritual battle, right? For you and I, we fight a spiritual battle. But do we fight for victory? We fight from victory, right? Who's already won the battle? I already won the battle. I mean, we may have to get in there. We may have to pray. We may have to fast. We may have to get on our face, die to ourselves, be in the word, stand up for. We may have to do some things, but we have this confidence that God has have already done it. It's already I've already. It's, it's a fixed fight. You got you may have to go out there and throw gloves, but it's a fixed fight. I've already won this for you. You win in the end because of me. We fight from a place of victory. We know in advance we win. And so, too, for them, God said, I'm giving it to you. Yeah, you got to go fight. I mean, imagine, I mean, for some of you guys that maybe grew up fighting, imagine knowing that you could, any fight that you got into, I, I mean, imagine what that would do to you if you knew that any fight you got into, you were going to win. I mean, that would be, some of us, that would be a dangerous thing. Some of y'all would be in jail having them fights, you know, like, if you just knew every fight that I, you know, I end up in, I'm going to win. That would have been terrible for me coming up. You know, I'd have been a that'd have been a, a horrible thing. I I would have had a whole lot more fights. Um, and I say that for this, right? These guys aren't picking their own fights. God picks the fights. So God says, "Look, I, Bill, I want you to go to that town. But God, those guys over there don't like me. And I, but I want you to go. You're gonna win. But it's like thirty of them. It's just one of me. Just go. I got this. And so you go, and you're gonna win. It's gonna be a victory. It's gonna be scary, maybe." But if you just go, you'll find out how I'm going to do it when you get there. And so some of us, God has us battling, right? We're battling, we're warring and, and, you know, we're going through stuff and we're fighting battles and we're warring. And, and sometimes we just need to be reminded that, you know what, it's, it's, it is going to be a fight and a battle. And, but it's not, it's not, we're not going to lose. We just, the only way to lose the spiritual war is to, is to quit, right? These guys lost because they didn't show up for the fight. They weren't willing to fight. That's how you lose. And the spiritual battle is quitting. You have to forfeit. If Satan can punk you, scare you, fear you into a forfeit, 
that's how you lose. But if you move forward in faith and obedience, you'll find that God is more than able in every situation all the time. So maybe someone here is in a spiritual battle and maybe you contemplated quitting. Maybe you're thinking about turning tail. I hope all this encourages you to go ahead and face up and finish the battle. Let, let the Lord fight the battle, but don't quit. You quit, you lose, you forfeit. You got to fight the battle to win. You got to go ahead and go forward to win. So moving forward, um, God said they had despised the land. That's what they won't go into it. Verse 32 says, but as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. And like I told you earlier, in verse two of the same chapter, in the very end of the verse, it said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in the wilderness. That's what they said. And now God says here to them, you know what? But as for you, your carcass is going to fall in the wilderness. So just like God told him a little earlier, you know what? Exactly what you said, you're going to get it. I'm going to give you, you're going to die in the wilderness like you said. So what do we take from this? I read this and I'm careful with my mouth, right? We don't want to be just speaking flippantly or emotionally before the Lord. They, they did that. They were saying, I would just die in the wilderness. I know they didn't probably mean it. But now they're going to, they, 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 it's, it, it's a reality for them now. And God was offended by it. And God said, you know what? I'm going to give you what you asked for. That's what you're going to get. You're going to die in the wilderness. And so I read that and, you know, I'm just, I think we should be a little cautious how we come before the Lord. And, you know, if you and your emotions, bring it down a notch. But don't be, God, I wish I would just be by myself. And, some, you know, then you be by yourself and you're like, I don't mean by myself, you know, whatever it is, just, just God, I want what you want for me. I want everything you have for me. That's the heart that we want to attain. God, I want everything you have for me. I want it. And every season, every season of our lives is different. And so some of you are single in the single season of life, the things that God has for you in your singleness. Go get that. Right. Be about that right now. For some of us, it's rearing kids season or it's marriage and kids or it's other. We're all in different seasons. But whatever God has for us right now, God, whatever my hands are to be full with right now, God, let me let me be about that. Let me be fully engaged in everything that you have for me right now. Verse 33. And your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years. And bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. And so God basically tells them all your kids, the 19 and unders, they're going to live. They're going to outlive you. They're going to live until you guys die off. So once all you die off and you're I mean, it's kind of rough language. Your carcasses die in the wilderness. Then I'll take your kids on in. But y'all carcasses are going to be out here in this. You're going to die in this wilderness. Verse 34, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days, for each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know, you shall know my rejection. So if you look back at verse 23, God told them, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Right. They rejected God. And so now God says here, now you're going to know my rejection, too. And once again, they're reaping what they've sown. God said, you've rejected me and rejected me and rejected me. And now now I've had it. I'm rejecting you, too. And these are harsh things. Right. This is a part of God that people don't really want to acknowledge exists. Does does God is there a point in God where he says, you know what? That's it. That's enough. Is there a point? 
Because it looks like right here, there was a point. There was a point where God said, you know what? Uh, you guys, you win. You get it. You don't want me? I don't want you now either. You rejected me? Now I'm rejecting you. In a little while, they're going to say, okay, 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 uncle, we'll go. And God said, no, it's too late. No, I'm not, I'm not, no, done. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, he corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that he taught them are the same ones he teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what he's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that he was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.